0: I was thinking in honor of um, Elvis week, maybe you wouldn't mind me asking a little Elvis trivia, see how you do on this one. Does anybody know uh, there's a Catholic saint, a statue of a Catholic saint in the jungle room at Graceland. Does anybody know which saint? What's that? St. Francis, very good, St. Francis of Assisi. Uh, Rumor has it, some of you would know better than me, rumor has it that he was given this by Priscilla. Um, But some of you may know that Elvis, um, when he died in 1977, he was in his early 40s. And St. Francis of Assisi, when he died in the year 1226 in Italy, he was also in his early 40s. So both of them. This past Friday, we had the feast day In the Catholic Church of St. Clair who was with St. Francis at the moment that Francis died and she said that at the moment St. Francis died he looked up to heaven and said four words, his four last words, welcome sister death, welcome. Welcome sister death, welcome. You know, I think Francis is on to something here because Francis didn't understand death as being this big ogre that's following us around our whole life. It's this haunting thing that eventually we each have to face. Now Francis actually turned around and it's as if he was saying to death, look, I love my life, but at some point we're all going to (laughs) leave this life. And he understood death in terms of a welcome companion that's there to transition us and hold our hand into the next life. So he didn't have this overwhelming fear of death, he understood it as a sister. I mean that's what we say, right? When people come up here on Ash Wednesday quoting the book of Genesis we say, remember that you are dust and unto dust what? I mean, that's what we're saying. It's funny, isn't it, everybody wants to go to heaven but nobody wants to die. It didn't work that way, okay? Not long ago I went to go give last rites to uh, an elderly man at the hospital. I went to go give him last rites and as I'm standing over him praying, he turns to me and he says, Father, if I die in an elevator, make sure you hit the up button. You don't want to go down on that moment, right? Clarence Darrow, the famous historian Clarence Darrow, he he used to joke, he said, you know, I've never actually killed a man, but I've read many obituaries with great joy. (laughs) Let's be honest, there's some people when the Lord calls them home, we won't be disappointed. That's how I feel about the current president of Russia. But for each one of us in our life, it comes down to this, I think. If you want to have a meaningful death, you have to have a meaningful life. Well, how do we have a meaningful life? Well, for one thing, you don't die with regrets. What does that mean, Father? It means, by God, if you're going to do something, do it now. Tomorrow does not exist. You need to forgive, do it now. You need to forgive yourself, do it now. You need, whatever it is, do it now. Tomorrow does not exist. Okay? Do you know that the word heaven is mentioned in the Bible over 700 times? Jesus himself mentions this many times. For instance, in John's Gospel, he says, I am the gate. I am the gate. Everybody will come through me and go out and find pasture. Maybe a way to remember that if you meant, think of like a, um, an hourglass, right? And all the grains of sand go through that little bitty part. Okay, that's Jesus. So everybody at some point is going to go back to Christ. Pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In another place, he says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If there, wouldn't, if there weren't, I wouldn't tell you there were. I mean, this is God that's telling us this. We got to kind of take him at his word, right? I mean, I always, I always have to laugh when we talk about death because in the, in the book of Genesis, do you know that Adam, poor Adam lived 930 years Noah lived 950 years. Can you imagine living 950 years? No thanks, man. By the way, that's, if, you were, if you were 950 years old now, you would have been born in the year 1073, okay? So mortality has its blessing is my point, okay? It's pretty awesome if you think about this. Do you know that every single day, every day, roughly 150,000 people die, every day 150,000 people die. That's one person every 1.8 seconds, folks. So since I've been standing up here, a lot of people have gone home to the Lord. So Father, now that I'm totally depressed, (laughs) what's my point? Here's my point. We can understand death in terms of this ogre that's going to come get us one day. Or we can see it, I think, as St. Francis did, right? And I mention this to you folks for this reason. And those of you that that have maybe heard me say this, I say this every year, but I'm just going to give you five recommendations on how we can prepare for our own death. Okay? Take it or leave it five recommendations. Number one, your last will and testament. By the way, you can't download that on the internet. You can't write, it It has to be a legal document. And you know what happens when you don't have a last will and testament? It can easily, your belongings and your bank account can easily go into probate court. You know what that means for your loved ones? It means more of this and more stress. Take the time to do a last will and testament. You know, the first funeral I ever had in this church, I was newly ordained, and it was uh, for a six-year-old girl. Sadly, she was murdered. I was. That was about a month after I was ordained. At 50, I'm on barred time, folks. I'm on barred time. Coffin was this big. Do not assume that you got plenty of time to do that stuff. Your last will and Testament, number two, what is your durable power of attorney? Your, your POA, who is your POA? What does a POA do? It means that they make decisions, medical decisions for you if you can't do it. Well, Father, my wife will do that. Really, have you ever talked to your wife about that? You ever had that conversation? Have you ever put it down? Who's your POA. Number three, what is, do you have advanced directives? What is advanced directives? You know what that means? If you're on life support, heaven forbid if you leave here today and somebody runs a red light and you're, you're T-boned and you're on life support, do you want to be kept alive or do you want them to remove you from a respirator? And as Catholics you can make that decision. If you're in what's called a PVS state, what is a PVS state? A persistent vegetative state. Okay, and I've been with many. Do you want to be kept alive on a respirator or do you not? Because you know what happens when you don't make that decision, folks, and you leave that to your loved ones? This is what happens. I don't don't know what dad wanted. I mean, I don't want to kill him and taking him off the respirator, but I can't imagine he'd want to be on a respirator for the rest of his life. Oh, and by the way, you're paying for that every day in the hospital. Don't put them in this situation. Number four, your funeral, where do you want to be buried? Where do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be, have a funeral? What readings do you want? What music do you want? What priest do you want? Which church do you want? Where do you want to be buried? Anybody know what the average cost of a funeral in the state of Tennessee is? Average cost of a funeral in the state of Tennessee, 15K, basic People say, Father, just throw me in a pine, in a, in a pine box. Yeah, it doesn't work that way, my friend. Basic cost, 12000 to $15,000, okay? So what, what do you want for your funeral? You know the way this works usually? If we don't plan our funeral, you know what that happens? There's usually one sibling or one child that's the religious one. Okay, they're the one that go to church when nobody else does. So who do you think is going to get stuck planning the funeral? The religious one, okay? Well, you're the churchy one because you understand this whole thing. This is how, the, I mean, I see this every week, folks. So guess what happens on that one person if they choose the wrong readings, the wrong music, if I don't get to bring up the gifts at mass, everybody is angry at the religious one. If I had a nickel. Please don't put your kids in that situation. You know what often happens? There's, there's two topics that most American families avoid like the plague with their children. I'm being general, two things most American families do not want to discuss with their children, death and sex. So it goes like this, your six-year-old daughter, her cat just died. Mom, is my cat in heaven? Honey, you don't need to worry about that. You don't need to worry about that. We don't talk about that." Okay, well you know what? You've just missed a fantastic opportunity to explain to your child about a natural part of life. And these parents are well-meaning, right? They don't want to lay a burden on their child, but death is a natural part of life. Or as Pope John Paul II was fond of saying, death is not the end it's only the beginning. If you never find something that you're willing to die for, then you've never truly lived. Jesus himself says this, no greater love has a man than this than to lay down his life for his friends, he says. That's what he's talking about. If you want to have a meaningful death, you have to have a meaningful life. How do you have a meaningful life? Live without regrets. Finally, number five, If you know the Lord is about to call you home or someone in your family, call a priest and we'll give them last rites. With last rites, it absolves them completely. By the way, you don't have to be Catholic to get that. Buddhists, Hindus, atheists, they all call us, trust me. At that moment, it's funny how those things happen. I'll close with this. Here's a question. Can death ever be a blessing? What do you think? Yes or no? Okay. Yes it can. While we're not, while we don't promote like euthanasia or something, we love life, but when the Lord calls somebody and it's time their body is shutting down, yeah, it's a blessing. As we hear in Ecclesiastes 3, everything there's a season, right? A season to live and a season to what? If somebody's gone through an extraordinarily painful burn unit at the med, if they've gone through years of Alzheimer's like my grandmother, if they've gone through years and years and years of painful cancer or not even years, when the Lord finally calls them, we're so grateful because they're not hurting and they're at peace and they're with Jesus right? Amen? 1535, in the year 1535 in England, as you know, the king at the time was Henry VIII. Not sure if any of you have ever seen this movie, A Man for All Seasons, but if you've never seen it, fantastic film, Man for All Seasons. It tells the story of Henry VIII, and as many of you know, Henry VIII, he would have a wife, he'd get sick of her, kill her. Get a new life. He gets sick of her, kill her. New wife. Gets sick of her, kill her. Killer. Killer. This went on and on and on and on. All right. So Thomas More, the patron saint of attorneys. He he was the chancellor at the time. He had his own wife and children. He was the second most powerful person in England. So he goes to Henry VIII and he was like, You cannot do this. Just because you're the king, you can't kill a person when you want another wife. By the way, you're married to Catherine of Aragon. That's your wife. You can imagine how well that went over with Henry. He had an ego the size of the Hindenburg. And he said, Okay, Thomas, off with your head. He knew it was coming. So the day came in 1535 and they were leading St. Thomas More to the platform to be beheaded. It so happened that the man who was leading him up the platform was one of his best friends. So the guy's crying, right? As he's leading Thomas up the platform, he's crying. It's like, it's so emotional because he's got to kill his friend. So Thomas turns to him and he puts his hand on his arm like this and he's glowing. <laughs> he's glowing with joy. And Thomas turns to him and he says this. He's, he said, I'm so happy. He said, I feel like a schoolboy on Christmas morning. Send me to the Lord. That, my friends, is freedom. Freedom when you have no fear. The truth is, in my opinion, most people are not afraid to die. They're not. They're afraid of how they may die and they're afraid of their loved ones dying. But most of us understand that day will come for all of us and we can see it as this ogre, this horrible thing, or we can turn around like Francis did and said, welcome Sister Death. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter now into the eternal kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world.